Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi there, my name is Joe Martin. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. You know, the Bible warns us over and over. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who will be essentially wolves in sheep's clothing. They'll take you off. They'll distract you from what you're supposed to be doing. They'll water down the message. They really will. As a matter of fact, James or John said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Paul said that the devil can appear as an angel of light. I'm afraid we're in a period like that within God's people. That men, Paul said in Acts chapter 20, will rise up from among you. And what always comes out of this is that the main thing gets lost. I heard a preacher say long ago, the hardest thing for the Christian and the hardest thing for a church is to keep the main thing the main thing. But what is our main thing? Or better, what really is our thing? You know, knowing what God's thing is for us, what the main thing is, our purpose, is an incredibly empowering thing. To be reminded of that. As a matter of fact, revival is always about coming back to. Awakening means you're coming back to not the way it's misused in the political world now, but I'm talking about historically within Christianity, it meant to have this revival means you come back to what your main thing was, to your purpose. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to hear different voices or that will pull you aside or encourage you to dilute what Jesus has told us to do. Remember Jesus warned us against diluting. He said, don't let your salt lose its savor. If it, that salt would get mixed with sand and once it's lost its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything. It's easy to get distracted, like I said, from what he told us to do. And we can get distracted by well-intended shortcuts. That's right. You know, one that's very common now, people have this. And, and of course, I have, I have, this sounded right initially until I thought about it. But if we elect all Christians, we will force the country to be Christian. That sounds, most people wouldn't say it exactly like that, but it's kind of the idea. But this has never worked, nor can it work. Because the reality is countries don't get saved. Just individuals get saved. You can't force or pressure individuals into being saved. How's that worked out with your kids? You can't force that from the top down. It ha faith has to be a work of the heart. Any faith that is not voluntary is really no faith at all. You see, with God, it's only what you do as an act, a voluntary act of faith and repentance that counts with him. There's no... Um, you don't get any credit for time served, so to speak. You know, as one pastor said, our job in America 
is to our job in Christian churches is is very clear. Like, let me give you an example. If you went to Mexico on a mission trip, you wouldn't go. Would you go to Mexico with this mission? I'm going to Mexico to save to save Mexico. No, you'd say my mission that Jesus gave me is not to save Mexico. It's to save Mexicans. Well, you know what? The church's job, your job at TFBC and my job and the churches in America is that it's not the church's job to save America, but Americans. That's right. And when we make that subtle shift in our mind or in some way, even though we love our country and so do I, the church's job is to save Americans. And the outcome is that people's lives are transformed. Our job is not to fix America. It's to bring people to Christ. You know, this is a subtle trick that has been pulled on us. And this is true for all of us. It doesn't matter whether you went to whatever country you might have went to. You don't go there to save the country. You go to save the, the people to see. And, you, of course, you don't do the saving. Jesus does the saving. But you come to bring the gospel to them that they can come into this relationship. You know, we all have opinions. You have opinions about everything. But, and I have opinions about everything. We may differ on those opinions. But your mission as a Jesus follower is not to convert others to your politics or to convert them to your strong opinions or make a Democrat out of them or a Republican out of them or an or a independent out of them. That's not your mission in life. Your mission is to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. Your views and opinions matter, but they just don't matter more than Jesus and his purpose. They don't matter more than your ability and your influence on people to come to him. You know, as a church and as a follower, our purpose is to see others come to faith in Jesus, to come to love for God and love for their neighbor. That's what we are here for. That's the main thing. That is our work. And we do this by sharing the good news and living in a committed, loving community that is called the church. It's a koinonia. It's a common life. We share this life. We, you know, in ancient history, they would say the church was that place they called it the sanctuary where the warring factions would come and they'd have to leave all their weapons outside. We ought to maybe take a few lessons from that. We are to let nothing distract or dilute this purpose in our lives, this priority. Remember what Jesus said when he was picking somebody out, one of those outcasts, one of those political outliers named Zacchaeus. They were grumbling about it. And Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Or some translations say those who are lost. But it really means the whole thing. He came to see, seek and to save the ones that are lost and to fix it. This is important. Jesus told us that in the same way that he came, he said to them in John 20, 21, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. If I came to seek and to save those who are lost, that's what you ought to be doing. And you ought to do this by the way you interact with each other as a community. A new commandment, John 13, 34, said, I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, Jesus didn't come to 
save Judea or, or Rome. He said, you're going to go from Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Why? That those people could come to Christ. There is amazing power in returning to God's purpose, returning to the main thing and making the main thing the main thing without being distracted or watering it down or diluting it. There's two great things, two huge issues that come, benefits that come. First of all, when we return, make the main thing the main thing, and we are focused on it, it limits us. We don't have to waste our energy and influence on things that are not our calling. I don't have to debate the the political battles of this week. I have to point people to Jesus. As Christ represented a body, we don't burn relationships and burn bridges that would uh, over these kind of issues. We don't burn bridges to the gospel because, you see, we're supposed to be in these relationships. We don't let others use us as endorsements at the expense of the gospel and others. And this is tricky because I want to be, you want to be friends with people, but you have to be careful that they don't use the church or use, use you as an endorsement. Tying God into it. You know, we try to follow Paul's advice. Remember, here's this converted Jew who wouldn't have anything to do with Gentiles or, or anybody like that at all. He would have nothing to do with them. But then God, Jesus gets a hold of his life and he understands the main thing is the main thing. He says in 1 Corinthians 9.20, he says, listen to this, to the Jews I become as a Jew so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. He says, to those who are without the law as without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, which, by the way, is love your neighbor as yourself, so that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that I may by all means, save some. You know what he's saying? He's not saying he doesn't have feelings or opinions. He's saying those things are so far down the list compared to this that I'm going to make the main thing the main thing. So it limits us. We don't get pulled into those things. But it also liberates us. That's right. Now that we are not distracted, are being diluted down with these other agendas, we are free to love anyone of any political persuasion, any political party, any past any present, we can just love them so that they can come to know Christ. Any perspective or situation, we don't have to judge them. We have to love them. We are focused on sharing the good news. We are focused on sharing the good news, believing that the gospel alone is going to be what changes them. Do you believe it, really? Do you believe that Jesus is transforming people's lives like the Apostle Paul and Joe Martin and maybe somebody else, maybe you? Do you believe that God can do that with others? I'm My thinking about so many things has changed, not because somebody argued with me or, or pressured me or, or made, you know, passed some legislation, but because Jesus changed the government of my heart. This is what Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it is the righteousness. The, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. 
you do this by practicing the four L's. First of all, number one L, learning. Learn who you are. Figure that out. And figure out who God is. Someone one time wrote a long time ago, he said, know, know yourself that you might know God. Know yourself that you might know God. You know, one theologian said, the two most important things in your life is to know yourself and to know God. Learn who you are and learn who God is. And, what, and you, in doing that, you'll figure out what the main thing is. Secondly, listening. You know, you want people to listen to you. You, you want people to really listen to you and hear what you have to say. Listen. Learn to listen. You get heard by listening. I still love that quote um, I think about a lot for obvious reasons. A wise man once said, nothing. So how do you practice the four L's? Number one, learning. Number two, listening. Listening, you get to know what other people are like and what they're about, what their story is. Number three, loving. You know, you don't fight people and argue people and badger people and bully people and and legislate people into salvation. Here's how God does it, Romans 2.4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? You know, this is what brings people. It's love. It's kindness. So ask yourself the question I've been asking myself a lot. This little prayer. God, what does love require of me? And so that's loving. Yes, we do. First thing we do is we do learning. Then we do listening. Then we do loving. And then we do leading. You know how you lead? You lead by words and works. Not always in that order. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and they glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That's the main thing. You know what I want to ask you to do at TFBC and any of you that are watching online or anybody that's getting this shared with them? Here's what we're all about at TFBC. We want to make the main thing the main thing. That's what we're going to do. We're not, like I, I said the other day, Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. We want to let him take over in our lives. You start making the main thing the main thing, and we'll leave the results up to God. Thanks for listening, and thank you. And be praying for me. I want to invite you come. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about more about this out of Luke chapter 9, what the disciples' purpose is. I hope to see you. God bless you.